This is One-on-One's NFL Friday, bringing your weekly Jets, Giants, and NFL talk from WFUV Sports. With top guests, weekly fantasy advice, and opinionated analysis, this is One-on-One's NFL Friday. Welcome into NFL Friday's great introduction, as always, from Mike Watts. I'm Chris Venezia. Got Christian O'Hara to my right. Got the crew in the back. I'm kind of the captain this week. You're my first mate. We got the crew Absolutely. over there. Got a bone to pick with our producer Pat Burns, and we'll get to that in a little bit. <laughs> also, going to talk about last night's game. Last night being Thursday night, Oakland beats Kansas City. I think there was the last win in over 365. I'll say 368 days. It's over a year, 367, yeah, over a year to be safe, year. but still an upset there after Kansas City beats the Seahawks. It, a year and a week, I'm, Pat Burns is telling me. There we go, Pat Burns on the ball. A year and a week since Oakland last won. So a lot of nutty stuff going on in the NFL. Of course, we'll also talk about the New York Giants. I mean, Christian's excited about that. Oh, and Lord. I, I don't even want to get into it, but I guess we have to, right? Because, we got the Giants report? Yeah, absolutely. We got Christian's Giants report. We also got the Jets report from Kelly Coltis. Probably some tears to be shed in that one, although the Jets... They beat the Steelers two and eight. Feels so long. Five hundred. It's still. It's it's bad. It's bad for New York football teams. But we'll touch on that. We'll touch on maybe what needs to improve. And at least the Giants are feasibly somehow still in it if they went out. The Jets don't have that luxury, in my opinion. And of course, fantasy football help coming to us as well. Coming to me, my fantasy football season is pretty shot, Christian. I don't know how your fantasy football. If you're in a fantasy football league, I'm in four different leagues. Uh, so it's across the board. One of the leagues I'm doing pretty well in, okay. and you know the rest of them average, and then there's one I'm just doing terribly in. So I kind of hedge my bets a little bit. I'm second to last. Last place wins a losers prize that I am trying not to win. Right. So it's just, I'll know, I'll look forward to the fantasy. Among, among your friends, correct? Of course, among oh, the yeah, friends. Absolutely. Among the friends. Absolutely. All right, let's jump into it. Let's start with Thursday night football. Oakland beats Kansas City. I watched part of this game, big majority of it, for most of the first half, and then I watched that fourth quarter. The funny thing for me was watching Oakland react to winning the football game. Derek Carr gets on like his knee and like kind of tucks the football down and you know, goes into this weird little Tim Tebow esque <laughs> type pose and then the post-game interview it's like he won the first or second round of the NFL it was ridiculous to see Oakland they're showing the fans the fans are borderline rioting in the streets it's in there's one win this season so for Oakland I guess you could say they get the monkey off their back maybe this is where the tide turns and this starts to become somewhat of a winning franchise you've got a quarterback who I'm high on I'm high on Derek Carr I I think he's a smart quarterback he doesn't turn the football over very much but if you're Kansas City this is a game you're going to look back and kick yourself. Regardless of how you look back at the schedule, regardless of where Kansas City finishes, and just to take a peek at it right now, Kansas City sitting at 7-4. and four. When you look back at the end of this season, they make the playoffs or not, seeding purposes, this is a the game they should have won. You should not be losing yeah, to I the agree. Oakland Raiders. But I understand why they lost. Now hear me out. They okay. shouldn't have lost this game at all. But... They had a home game against the defending Super Bowl champions on Sunday. And it took a lot out of them. It took a lot out of them to beat that team. Um, they had to rely heavily on Jamal Charles. And to be honest with you, I think a lot of people would have went with Seattle in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. So, you know, but again, the Chiefs, you know, protected that home field at Arrowhead, which is one of the toughest places to play mm-hmm. in the NFL, by the way. Um and you know what? They probably were looking ahead a little bit. You know, Thursday night football on the road. They said, all right, let's just go in there. Let's get the job done. And let's go, you know, get on the buses and go back home. 
You, you figure that's two wins in, you know, what, four or five days for the mm-hmm. Chiefs? That's, sure. that's what they had on the bulletin board. We're going to win two games in the next four or five days, and we'll be all right. And they overlooked the Oakland Raiders, and, and they really did. And how about the night for Latavius Murray? Yeah. Four carries, 112 yards, two touchdowns, the 90-yarder. Mm-hmm. He left with a concussion. Is, is this a guy, Chris, do you think that Oakland can, can count on? Obviously, you know, with a concussion, short-term, maybe not, but long-term, what do you think? It's tough. Oakland's got an interesting running back situation. McFadden, Jones Drew, and now Murray. You'd think Murray would be more of the long-term guy out of the three. McFadden, I hate saying this, but this ship may be starting to sail. Maurice Jones-Drew, past his prime at, at this point. Those, I think those two are useless to me. Murray would be the future guy. I have to pick right. one that if you're an Oakland Raiders fan you look for to be the future, I'd go with Murray. I don't think I've seen enough of him where I'm going to sit here and say definitively, this is the guy, this is the future. I've seen Carr. I think Carr right. is a good guy to build a team around, a smart quarterback, really understands the game, makes good decisions. You don't see him throwing a lot of pass, a bad passes, no turnovers yesterday. I mean, one turnover in the game, and that was the, the botched punt that turned into a KC field goal mm-hmm. in the first or second quarter early in that one. But in terms of your Murray question, I, I think he's what they have right now looking for the future. I don't know enough about him to definitively say, yeah, this is the guy. Right. But yesterday, you're right, two touchdowns and the 90-yarder. I mean, really the big one. Really, really that huge play for me when it seemed like Kansas City at any moment could strike and tie things up at 7. Once Oakland made it 14 nothing, that was kind of when I thought to, to myself, sense, yeah. this is this could be a possibility. This is a two-possession game. This is going to be trouble for KC. And I thought that, you know, looking at the schedule, obviously, you know, Oakland, they were on track to go 0-16. But people had asked me, like, you know, do you think that they're going to go 0-16? I said no, because you you want to know why. This is the National Football League. It's so hard to predict these games and, you know, just the ebb and flow of it. You know, these are guys that are, you know, professional athletes. They're going out there. They're competing. This is their job. They're playing for pride. And um, it was it was cool to see after the game uh, Coach Tony Sperano, you know, the players embraced him. He goes, you know, I told you guys if we kept working hard, we didn't know when, you know, a win was going to come, but it was going to come. And, you know, one of the players in the locker room, you know, huddled the team and said, you know, coach, this is a game ball for you for keeping us together. And you know what? While, you know, they may finish 1-15, in 15, it's something that they'll look back on and say, hey, you know what? That feeling, if we can just get that feeling here on a consistent basis, that winning feeling in front of our home crowd, then maybe, you know, you have a little something in Oakland. I agree with you, Chris. I think they have their franchise quarterback in Derek Carr. It's just building, you know, the pieces around him, especially on offense. Because, oh, I mean, there's a lot of pieces that need yeah. to be filled on that Raiders um, team. But a step in the right direction for them yesterday right. for the Chiefs and what makes this loss even worse when you look at it they're 7 and 4 Broncos at 7 and 3 they have the Broncos coming up next week it's at home as they, the they only o- they overlooked the Raiders they were looking to that Broncos game i don't i don't want to go so far as to say they overlooked the Raiders and i'll just stick it on this they have the yeah. Broncos and Cardinals coming up the next 2 weeks uh-huh. nothing easy the Chargers also coming up later in the schedule and then the Raiders and Steelers Two of them maybe, I don't want to call the Steelers, Steelers aren't an easy matchup, and there really is no easy matchup. The Raiders at home should be an easy matchup for the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't think, though, the Chiefs maybe overlook them as much as what you're saying. I go back to the point it was a short week. They played a tough game against Seattle. Mm -hmm. They have to go on the road, and division matchups are just weird. They just always are because teams know each other so well. They face each other so much. They have better game plans contrived to think against each other. Division matchups are just one of those funky things. And I was talking about it with Survivor Pools before the year Mm -hmm. started. I'm really apprehensive in Survivor Pools to pick division games. You just don't know what happens in those matchups. I can see your point there. I, 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 I tend to think that if I'm a guy in the Kansas City locker room right here and I'm looking at the schedule, Super Bowl champs, winless team, AFC champion. 
and division rival, the team we're going to have to beat to win this division. Mm -hmm. I get what you're saying, but I do think it's a little, you know, iffy to say, you know what, eh, we can play a little bit more lax in this game. They, they've they've lost nine games for a reason. We just have to go out there, play, do our thing. We'll win the game. Yeah, I mean it's 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 you a know? very it's a very big possibility. It could have happened. I, I see both sides of the coin though. But let's move on. We've talked about the Oakland Raiders for I think Way seven minutes. Long. That's <laughs> a, a few too many minutes, and maybe the Oakland Raiders <laughs> deserve despite the win. So the storyline that I'm going to get to, and there's no everyone understands where I'm coming from. I'm from Phoenix, Arizona, mm-hmm. and for the first time in. Arizona Cardinals history, at least being in Arizona, the Cardinals are a 9-1 football team. I have not seen this in my time. I am 22 years old. I have never come close to seeing this. The Cardinals' best record ever since being in Arizona is 10-6. and six. They can get 10 wins this weekend on the road in Seattle, who they beat last year. Right. I look through the notes today. I come in. Pat Burns doing a great <laughs> job with the notes. i got to give him that. Arizona somehow beat a pretty good Lions team with Drew Stanton at quarterback. They'll likely need to lean heavily on defense. How much longer are they capable of this? Use the words "hold on, hold on." The team's nine and one. I, they've they've been holding on pretty well for a while here. I don't understand how at this point, and people tell me, "Well, Drew Stanton's the quarterback." Well, when Carson Palmer was the quarterback, when Carson Palmer came in, nobody was coming up to me saying, "Cardinals have Carson Palmer now." You guys found the guy. You guys got Carson Palmer now. But Carson Palmer goes down, and all of a sudden, it's like we lost this franchise quarterback that was some unbelievable starter. Drew Stanton was a guy brought in by Bruce Arians. Drew Stanton's done a very good job in the role he's had to fill out for this team. This team has beat a lot of very good teams so far this year, the Lions being one of the most recent. Yet every time the Cardinals go up against a a formidable foe, the guys at NFL Friday seem to pick against them. And then I just, where's the respect for this Cardinals team? Christian. Where's respect for my boys? Um, uh oh. I don't know where it is, Chris. Is it in Chris, is it here? Is it in Christian? I respect them because they've done a lot more than I thought they would this year. I knew they were a good, solid football team last year when they missed the playoffs. What was their record? Ten, 10 and, six? and six. Right. So you figured they were going to be maybe even on the outside looking in with Seattle and San Francisco in, the, in that division. You look at. You know preseason projections. So now they go out. They go. They go nine and one. You're right. And Carson Palmer does tear his ACL. You're right. He wasn't like you know a Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers type guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but playoff teams they need two things. I think you need a great defense, but you also need great to outstanding quarterback play to win the, the Super Bowl. The Cardinals have a great defense. I don't know if they're going to get that elite-level quarterback play out of Drew Stanton. That they're, I think they're going to need in an NFC Championship game, let's say against Green Bay. We're looking ahead now, obviously. Or, um, you know, a, a game against Dallas. I would take Tony Romo over Drew Stanton. If it, again, again, Arizona's defense has done enough to garner my respect. I respect that unit. They're one of the top, if not the best defense in the NFC. Mm-hmm. But... I'm not convinced that with Drew Stanton at quarterback. I'm just not. And I don't think you can fault me for that. No, I, I don't. I understand when you look straight at the quarterback position, which a lot of people are doing. They're putting right. Drew Stanton up against other quarterbacks. You're not going to win that matchup. But look at the weapons that Drew Stanton has. A Larry Fitzgerald, a Michael Floyd, a John Brown, which nobody had heard of before this season started. He came into camp and just lit everything up. He can fly. He's a big play threat. He's been it all year long. You've got Ted Ginn Jr. Right. Not somebody who you see a lot of, but another big play 
type guy. Andre Ellington, who hasn't been 100% all that much, he's another guy that catches balls out of the backfield. The amount of targets that this Cardinals team has makes Drew Staten's job much, much easier. My big concern as a Cardinals fan, if, if I'll play devil's advocate against my own team, the team has struggled to run the football. And Drew Stanton, as you said, not a top-tier elite Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady type guy. Running the football, for me, is one of the bigger things. One, in terms of controlling the clock and the Cardinals in the third quarter a couple times this year. I look at the Eagles game. I even look at the Lions game. When this offense goes stagnant, they're having three-and-out drives that are taking hardly any time off the clock. And this defense has done a great job holding up. But you look at the playoffs. You look at trying to control games. The run game is just so important. That's my biggest fear. Now, the Seattle game, I know we're getting to picks later. From a Cardinals fan perspective, I think the matchup is just fantastic for the Arizona Cardinals. I don't want to get into pick stuff right now, so we'll leave that one for later. I wonder where you're leaning there. You know, I don't think it's a surprise. But I think <laughs> I have good reasons okay. All right. for why I'm leaning in that direction. I'll bring this up with you as well. Um, looking at best teams in the NFL, and I know it flip-flops every week because the NFL, week by week, week crazy week, things right. happen. The Rams beat the Broncos and beat the Broncos badly, so now... I thought the Broncos were so good. Uh The Patriots right now, to me, if I'm just going to go this direction and say who's the team that scares me the most right now in the NFL, it's because I got a guy named Gronk who Tom Brady can just – he's just the outlet guy. He's the missing piece for this Patriots offense that they didn't have, just this outlet guy that Tom Brady, no matter the circumstances, it just seems like even if he was looking the opposite direction and threw the ball over his head, somehow it would find its way into Gronk's hands. He's such a freak, ridiculous athlete. Tom Brady just such a smart quarterback – and once that offense gets firing and Belichick just in his, I don't know, Jedi mind powers that he has, <laughs> maybe dark side mind powers that he has with the hood up, this Patriots team right now, for me, is the scariest team that I look at when I look through the NFL. They scare me more than anybody. I keep hearing Green Bay because they're the last right. two weeks. So I was going to bring it up. Do you do you like the Patriots or are you looking at Green Bay? Which one of these teams are you looking at kind of scares you more? It's really tight, but I agree 100%. I think New England is the team mm-hmm. to be. I picked in the preseason 49ers, Patriots, Super Bowl. Patriots looking good, 49ers not looking so good. Although, you know, they're holding a float. But anyway, um, I could, it's it's hard to doubt Tom Brady, three-time Super Bowl champ. Um, and nobody goes into New England and wins these playoff games. Um, and you know what? Interesting note here. They signed LeGarrette Blunt to a two-year deal after he um, left the field in Pittsburgh because he was upset over his playing time. And now you get a guy like that who rushed for, I think, three or four touchdowns uh, last season in the playoffs against the Colts. He just torched them. And it's just, you know, and after Jonas Gray goes for 37 carries, 201 yards, and four touchdowns, it just seems that this team knows how to do it year in and year out. They're going to be the number one seed in the AFC, barring a catastrophe of epic proportions. I think they have it. I really do. I think they're going to beat the Lions this Sunday, you know. Sorry to spoil my pick, but I think they're going to beat the Lions. It's in Foxborough. They don't lose at home. They don't Mm -hmm. lose at home. And so I think they realize that importance, too, going into the playoffs, that if they get this number one seed locked up, they're going to make that, you know, guy Peyton Manning come back to Foxborough where he has struggled throughout his career. And I think the Patriots would be the early favorite for the Super Bowl. Going back to Green Bay, I think mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers, though, it's, it's interesting. I think the MVP race is between two guys. I think it's going to be Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. And I think that Rodgers might win it, just because he's throwing less interceptions, and I feel like he's playing, he might even be playing better than he did in 2011 when he won the MVP award. Mm-hmm. I think his completion percentage is around 68%. He hasn't thrown an interception at home since we were like five years old. Um, so, I mean, that guy is unreal. And I think the, the 
the edge that he has, I think, over the quarterbacks like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, he can move. He can make plays on his feet. He's he's elusive to the point where people maybe don't even realize that. Like he he has good pocket presence, and even when he's outside of the pocket, he can throw a laser. I, I don't know if you remember this this pass to Jordy Nelson against the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. He was rolling to his right through a laser, fifty yards down the field, right in Nelson's hands, right corner of the end zone. It was unbelievable. But I'm going on a little bit of a tangent here. New England, Green Bay, top two teams for me right now as of Week 12. As a Cardinals fan, I would agree. Those are two of the elite teams right now in the NFL. And just going back to your deep ball point, that's the one thing that I think separates him and Tom Brady. At Tom Brady's age, he can't throw the deep ball like he used to. Aaron Rodgers, at 30 years old, still has that capability to just, as you said, throw the laser. Let's keep moving things forward here. Let's, Let's move on to the local team now. intimidating that's an intimidating yeah, bumper right there that really got me yeah. fired up you know what got me fired up for christian what's up let's listen to your giants report how about that let's listen have the giants hit rock bottom the team keeps finding ways to lose football games seemingly in a different fashion every week last week's contest against the san francisco 49ers featured eli manning throwing five interceptions but the g-men still having a chance to win the game in the middle of the fourth quarter thanks to the stellar play of the defense surrendering just 16 points and only one touchdown on the day. However, Big Blue couldn't find a way to get the ball in the end zone, and as a result, fell to 3-7 on the season. In the middle of that fourth quarter, New York was set up with a first and goal at the San Francisco four-yard line. Rookie Odell Beckham Jr. made a spectacular catch down the right sideline the play before to create this opportunity for his team. Big Blue then squandered that opportunity, running three straight fades into the end zone to no avail. On fourth and goal, a different play was called, but it resulted in Manning's fifth interception of the day, sealing the Giants' fate. Offensive coordinator Ben McAdoo faced criticism during the week about his play calling on the goal line. Here's what he had to say about the sequence. We talk about matchups. You know, we had a, a play call. There was a run with a potential throw. We got the matchup we wanted, and they took the box away. And we took the matchup. It happened two other times in the series. Each time, we liked the matchup, and it's a, it's a league of matchups. And if we throw it a little bit better, we protect it a little bit better, and we go up and we make the plays that we've been making in the past, then uh, we're, we're seeing a little different tune. The G-Men now face the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night in the Meadowlands. Both teams are trending in different directions. Dallas is in a battle with Philadelphia to win the NFC East, and the Giants need a miracle to even sniff the playoffs. Tony Romo continues to play well, and DeMarco Murray torched the Giants on the ground for 128 yards the last time these two teams played in October. I see more of the same happening in this contest. The Giants' struggles will continue, and I like the Cowboys in this one, 34-21. With the Giants' report, I'm Christian O'Hara, WFUV Sports. You're really positive about your New York Giants. Uh, really upbeat. I like the song in the background. It got me real. I mean, the bumper was, you know, aggressive. It was there. And then your Jets, your Giants report brought the mood down a little bit. I, look, I was watching your Giants 49ers game last week. And uh, as a Cardinals fan, as I've mentioned, I was rooting for the Giants. Rooting for the Giants a little bit. And uh, it was pretty tough to watch. The roommates are all Giants fans. Really, really, really big Giants fans. And, uh, yeah, I had a tough time trying to console them. I mean, Eli Manning, if I was going to point to somebody that team that was really going to let the game kind of slip through their hands, I wasn't expecting it to be Eli Manning. Not this year. Five interceptions. Five interceptions. And that, wasn't that game at home? Yeah. 
I was there in the press box. Jeez, what was the mood like in the press box? I know um, the president's supposed to favor, but I know right, a lot no, of the, yeah, the local you know, media. Yeah, there's a there's an atmosphere. You know, most of most of them, you know, it's no secret that most of them are Giants fans. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously we're not screaming our heads off like the fans are, but after interception number two, and interception number two was a terrible interception. I don't even know where he was throwing the ball. But after interception number two, it, it, when he threw three, when he threw four, when he threw, five, he finally threw number five. On that, you know, critical s- sequence over there at first and goal from the four, it was almost like you started kind of laughing because you expected it. Everybody's like, oh, "Well, another one." It just that it was that type of day, and it, it didn't seem like either team wanted to win the football game. And the Giants, I think, what makes it even worse is that Eli had probably one of the worst games of his life. And it's first and goal from the four with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. and you're down by six. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, people had come up to me and said, well, you know, they probably were going to lose the game anyway. You know, typical Giants fashion, the defense would let up a field goal late. Maybe. But you don't know. You just don't know. And, again, I, I had said in my Giants report, first and goal from the four, they had a run play called. The Giants did. And Eli audibled out because they like the matchup on the perimeter with Odell Beckham. Mm-hmm. They threw a fade to Odell Beckham, which I'm not the biggest fan of. I think Beckham is more of a playmaker. I don't think you really use him. In that type of play on the goal line. Doesn't work. Second down. Try a fade to Ruben Randall. Doesn't work. Third down. You try a fade to Larry Donnell. While he is a tall receiver, and that's who you need to throw the fade route to. Tall receivers you know, in the end zone. Corey Washington. I don't know where he was. Doesn't work. Fourth and goal. You try a pass play. Leads to Eli's fifth interception. Even if you run the ball on that first down, and you lose yardage, it sets up more room for that fade route if you want to try it. Because you're backed up. Things get tighter in the red zone when you get closer to the goal line. So you have less room to work with. Mm-hmm. Calling three straight fades, I'm not a fan of it. Chris, what's your take on it? It's been said. I, I think I've heard it five, ten times already this right. week on every program I've listened to that's talked about the New York Giants in this area. It was terrible play call. Ben McAdoo, I guess, not apologizing for his yeah, plays. He said, terrible, terrible play call. Of course, if it works, maybe it looks better. I can buy the first down fade route to Odell Beckham Jr. I understand. Look, this is your guy. This is your playmaker. Get him one-on-one. Let him beat the guy standing across from him. Give him a chance to make a play. Okay, I'll buy that mentality. But this, to me, this little, I can't call it a drive, this drive within a drive, showed how bad this New York Giants team was. Any half-decent, any good team in the NFL, is able to run the football and score from that territory late in the fourth quarter against a defense that's getting worn down. This Niners team had spent a lot of time on the field. The Giants had done a good job of wearing them down, keeping them on the field for a while. Once you drive down into that situation, you better be able to run the football and get that ball into the end zone. I don't understand how the New York Giants could not score in that situation. I don't understand how you call four pass plays. I don't understand how you can't run the football into the end zone. If you're a good team, if you're a confident team, you put it behind the big boys, you march it into the end zone. And this New York Giants team just looks lost. They do not have a good game plan going on week to week. And it's it's tough. It is tough to watch this team play from my neutral perspective, which is why when I turn it to you, it's like I see the pain in your eyes of a biased perspective, somebody who likes this team, who wants this team to do well, and just watch the way they play. It's tough. It's The only positive is Odell Beckham Jr. Some of the plays right. he's been making since he's come back. Ridiculous. Oh, my God. Ridiculous. What they have with ODB is, yeah, like you said, they just ridiculous. Gold. They really did strike gold. Uh, you know, he's going to be in. He's going to be in the conversation for offensive rookie of the year. 
Um, as with like a hundred other right. amazing wide receivers, the rookie wide right. receiver Kel- class right Kelvin now in Benjamin, football, Sammy Watkins, Martavius Bryant, John Brown, and we're probably on. leaving out a couple guys right there. It's yeah. it's pretty insane when you look at this wide receiving uh, a group of rookies we have so far this season. I mean, there there really weren't a lot of teams that didn't strike gold drafting a wide receiver in this NFL draft. I mean, coming up, they have the. Dallas Cowboys, it's Sunday night football. Every game this point out now for the New York Giants is a must-win game. That's just a label you have to put mm-hmm. on every game they're going to have from here on out. It's going to be tough. Dallas coming off their bye. I mean, Tony Romo, I know it was Jacksonville, but he kind of worked back into his usual self, which yep. I was surprised coming off of a serious back injury. I mean, at least the way I read into it, it sounded— Right, it sounded like two cracked vertebrae. You know, that sounds pretty—to the average person, that, sounds... like that puts you out of a job, but, you know, I guess— Tony Romo knows his back, and so does the team. Yeah, and just the way this this team is right now, this Giants team, after losing to the Niners, the momentum not in their favor, and it is on the road. Just so many factors going against this Giants team. I know we're not supposed to spoil the picks, but I think we both know where this is going to yeah. come. And, and for a Dallas team, not only is it a game that Dallas you know needs to win, I guess at this point in the NFL schedule, every game kind of gets that needs-to-win right. label, but... It's a game where you look at what they have going. You look at the position they're in with the Eagles having Mark Sanchez as their quarterback. This is kind of the part of the schedule where the Dallas Cowboys, if they're going to really take control of the division, this is really when the Cowboys start taking control of the division. If you are the Dallas Cowboys, there is no way you should walk out of MetLife Stadium with nothing less than a win. And they're not even in MetLife Stadium. They're at their own stadium. No, this one's uh, one's here. It is? I thought thought it was. Oh, they host Dallas. I was was reading it wrong. There is no way. You come out of here there with less, nothing less than a win. If you want to get to the playoffs, you have to beat the three and seven Giants. I don't want to hear it anymore out of the Dallas Cowboys. They're either going to be for real or they're going to be out of the playoffs. I don't want to hear it anymore. You know, I had seen people when they had started. I think was it six and one, Chris. Um, along they, those they, lines. they took a hilarious route to eight and eight this season, and you almost get the sense where I don't think the Giants are going to win. Let's say the Giants do win though. This could be a catastrophic loss for the Dallas Cowboys looking ahead because the Eagles do have the easier schedule. And it does seem, even though with Sanchez maybe not being all the way back like most Jets mm-hmm. fans wanted to proclaim he was, um, it does kind of seem to be setting up. It's it's the Eagles' division to lose. And I had said that back in August, and I still believe that. I think the Eagles will win the NFC East. But Dallas better win this game on Sunday. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, this is this is the part, like I said, their schedule. They right. have the Giants on the road Sunday night, prime time. Jerry Jones loves it. Then they host the Philadelphia Eagles, which doesn't go without saying the one and two in the division. That's going to be a big one. Right. Then you go on the road and you face the Bears, a heckle and jive type, absolutely type team. Jay Cutler can you know look like one of the best on some Sundays and look like one of the worst. So Jack you're right. Hi. Thank you, Pat. I said it and I kind of <laughs> looked at myself like I said that wrong. All right. Yeah. No, you're good. I'm good. Yeah. We'll keep it going. They got the <laughs> they got the Eagles. They got the Bears on the road. They got the Eagles on the road. And you got the Colts. So the schedule gets pretty rough after this games. Giants game. Yeah. And like you're saying, if you're going to be an elite team, if if you're going to be a team that claims that division, this is when you kind of show at least the beginning of the King of the Jungle. I don't think this is the King of the Jungle no, moment. No, no, no. That would be next week against the Eagles. Right. If the Eagles I come agree. And I agree. They're able to trounce the Eagles. All right. Any last words on the Giants? They're your Giants. I'll give you. I'll give you a last word if you need it. Just be- silence. That's, better, that's, I think yeah. the silence they, sums it up. If they if they're gonna lose, if they're gonna keep losing, let's just draft a good. Let's have a good draft pick. We'll see. We'll get, the draft is a ways off, but another team that's doing even worse than the Giants, believe it or not, is that New York Jets. Wow, 
These bumpers are incredible. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. So, yeah, the Jets, the most incredible thing about them, apparently, is that bumper, a team that's really struggling. And before, Christian, you and I dive into it. Let's hear Kelly Coltis's take on that New York Jets team. And since we've no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Unfortunately, the Jets do have somewhere to go, to Buffalo. The city in western New York was blanketed by over five feet of snow earlier in the week, and the weather forecast by the end of the day Friday predicts another three feet to arrive in the area. When head coach Rex Ryan met the media on Wednesday, he was happy that this wasn't happening here. You know, Buffalo's no stranger to getting snow, so we'll, we'll see if they, if they uh, move it or not. But if they do, then, then that's fine. We'll, we'll make the appropriate adjustments. Jets starting quarterback Michael Vick echoed his head coach's feelings. What it all boils down to is what you do on Sundays. I don't know if uh, one day of preparation will affect anything, but, um, you know, I'm just glad we was able to get out there and practice today. And as for backup Geno Smith, let's just say time and weather forecasts aren't his area of expertise. You've seen pictures, seen what's going on there with all the, all the snow. I think I saw someone on ESPN earlier about uh, they had a, you know, a bunch of snow. I checked the weather and I saw they had about you know maybe five or six inches. Is, is that right? I don't know. But, uh, four feet. Four feet? <laughs> My bad. So since the area received more than those four to five inches, the Bills have been unable to practice on both Wednesday and Thursday due to travel restrictions. New York State Governor Andrew Cuomo issued a statement on Thursday stating that he thinks it's impractical for the Bills-Jets game to take place at its projected 1 o'clock start on Sunday. However, this game will be played at some point, and we all remember what happened the last time the Jets faced the Bills, a 43-23 embarrassment at home. Kyle Orton threw four touchdowns and Geno Smith threw three picks before he was benched. The Bills are on a bit of a slide losing their last two games, but if this game is played in Buffalo in the cold and blustery conditions, I just don't know how much faith I have in Michael Vick and the Jets' offense to score enough points to win. I'll take the Bills 17, the Jets 13. With them, I'm Kelly Coltis, WFUV Sports. The funny thing about this New York Jets team, and as Kelly alluded to with that great music, they're playing on Monday. You know, kind of like the primetime Monday highlight, and it's the Jets and the Bills. And from my neutral perspective, not particularly excited. It's a Jets team that it goes without saying they've struggled. You're beating a dead horse at this point when you hear people, and, you know, we're going to do it right here, talk about how bad this New York Jets team is. But it is so unbelievably bad. The only good thing to come out of this Jets season for me is you got to see the fan base really rally around each other with the John Idzik.com, firejohnidzik.com with the billboards. I don't know if, if you guys know about this, but a group of Jets fans started a website called firejohnidzik.com. They funded billboards, a couple of them. I don't know if they've gone up yet, but I know they funded enough for five billboards around MetLife Stadium where the Jets play. They flew planes around They've the They've flown facility. planes with Fire John Idzik. I love the Jets fan camaraderie of <laughs> finding a way to come together at 2-8 and eight and really work for change. I think that's democracy in America and football, all coming together in a good way. The Jets seems bad. They're really bad. Their quarterback situation is bad. Their receivers are pretty dang bad, even with Decker. Their defense has some positives in terms of the front, and you look at that front seven, you can look at positives there. Their secondary is a complete and utter joke. I mean, it's beyond. It's it's like when you go to set fantasy teams, and we'll get to fantasy in just a minute or so, you look to see who's playing the Jets, and you say, <laughs> which wide receivers can right. I pick up that are going yeah. against the Jets? I mean, and it's a Bills team that when they met the first time this year, Bills wide receivers had a field day in New York. Sammy Watkins, three catches, 157 yards and a touchdown. And a little point to the— Yeah, a little, yeah. 
That was when he was, uh, he was yeah. showboating a little bit before right. the end zone and yeah. got tackled. So it was a positive moment of that game for the Jets. I guess if we're going to show positives, they did beat the Steelers uh, not too long ago. I, I just I don't have it. I'm trying to find positives for this Jets team, and you just can't find it. It's almost like you said with the Giants, if the, it continues poorly, you look for good draft picks. Right. If you're the Jets, that's what it looks at too. But now I don't know with what they've done the previous drafts. What do you draft? You drafted your quarterback in Geno Smith. It's not working out. At this point, it's starting to look like it's just really not working out. You drafted D. Milner, a cornerback who's supposed to have that secondary. His injury problems, I mean, you know, it happens a little bit here in the first season, but now in the second season, more injury problems with him. He seems to be another one of those guys that's not working out. And then you go back the past two years, the positions that were needed to get, you know, kind of shore them up a little right. bit get haven't been addressed in the draft at all. Wide receiver position, they didn't even try to really address in the draft. They drafted wide receiver late and then let him go. I can't remember his name, but I remember even before the season started, they um, let him go. Saunders, was it? Yeah, Jalen Saunders, yeah. Good pick up there. Drew Casey in here as well, helping us out with that. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a Jets team that really is still at square one. John it comes in. The team's kind of at square two, in my opinion. Now it's back at square one, <laughs> solely at square one. They really have no more else to go rock bottom-wise. I'll just leave it as they need to do something this draft. They need to do something this offseason with that cap space. Percy Harvin's a move that maybe like makes three fans happy. Yeah, three it, lo- it looks, it looks Har- a lot better on paper than it really is. It's it's, it's just a, a move to be like, hey, we made some, we made a move. Yeah, like we used like, some of this cap space, yeah, but exactly. there is so many problems to address in this Jets team, and it's unfortunate for Jets fans who I I thought this team was going to be better than they were this year. I thought they were going to be an eight and eight, nine and seven type team. I thought Geno Smith was going to develop. I thought Decker was going to help them. I had a lot of these. You know, I thought Milner was going to be healthy, healthy enough to help the secondary. It's just been a disaster. Disaster. I mean, I don't even care if the Jets go eight and eight. Rex Ryan's out of a job. They're just they're going to have to blow it up. They really are. And I, I don't think there's a lot more you can say. I think that um, this team needs a lot of work, similar to the Giants. It's a bad time to be a New York football fan right now, Chris. Christian, I'm going to ask you something. Yeah. Would you go to watch the Bills and Jets? You're in Detroit. Would you watch it for free? For free? If somebody just if they just said, "Hey, come, it's free." Would you go? Yeah. You'd go watch the Bills and Jets for free. The Bills are halfway decent. Can we get Drew Casey's mic on? Is that cool? Drew Casey, you ready? I'm gonna I'm gonna pop you on here early. Drew Casey, our fantasy for guy this free. Week. I would go watch. I, I I'd ask around here. Drew, would you go and watch the Jets and Bills in Detroit? You were in Detroit. They said it was free. I'm a Jets fan, and I don't think I would go. I don't think I would. Oh go. my, Drew! I wouldn't go. Drew, you're not go. a Jets fan. It's generally I'm, I'm you sit Jets, where you want. You sit I'm, where you want. I'm a Jets you fan who, right watched the, the, who watched the Steelers' victory in agony. I was mad that they were playing so well because I, I've come this season to expect them to just be awful and laugh at them. And when they play well like that, I was with friends. They were like, what's wrong with you? Well, I don't know. What's wrong with this team? How about that? And well, they I mean, crazy. What do you want them to do, Todd? You wouldn't, you wouldn't just be like, hey, walk in here. Somebody points to you and says, walk in here, free NFL football. You don't have to pay a dime. If there was like free food involved, I would go. But if it was just to see the it's game, not, I don't, not, if, man. if it was just to see the game, I, it's also free I, general I admission. So you guys could sit wherever you wanted. You could sit right behind the bench and just I would yell I at would the players the entire hey, I, game. I'd root for the Bills. I'd try to see you know what the Bills had going on, but I'd go for free. Are you kidding me? All right, can we get the Mike Pat Burns, Terrace Lejetsky? Can we get you guys in on this? Free, no money. Pat, I'll let you go first. Would you go for free? Yeah, I mean, thank you, thank you, Pat. Here, it'd be kind of tough, but yeah, I mean, free, free NFL football. <laughs> I mean, that that that's 
for a lot of people, that'd be like a once in a lifetime. Right, exactly. It's true. Yeah, I, I didn't advantage of that. I didn't think of it that way. Tara, what about you? Would you go for free? I mean, are we really gonna count uh, Jets Bills as NFL football? <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, you know, oh, oh. I might. I think I'm kind of leaning with Drew on this. I just, I, it's tempting, but at the same time, Jets Bills, it's like. And especially um, if I'm in Detroit, I'm not a fan of either team. It's just I, I can see both sides of it. Football, but on the other hand, it's eh. I mean, especially for the NFL package. Yeah, uh, uh, Christian, I'm with you. I would go to yeah. see what the Bills have going on. Absolutely. I, I like the Bills. And, you, you know, you being a New England fan, if the Bills somehow sneak into the playoffs, you get yeah. a scouting report, you, you get Bill Belichick on the phone, be like, hey, watch out for this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I think it'd be cool. Yeah, I agree. I'm with you, Pat. All right, I guess I'm the deciding factor here. It's split two and two. I would absolutely go. Thank you. I mean, you. I'm a big football Thank guy. Thank you. It's Chris. free general admission. Thank I can you. sit wherever absolutely. I want. I have paid ridiculous amounts Case of money closed. to watch bad Arizona Cardinals football teams. At- I have paid ridiculous amounts of money to watch John Skelton, Max Hall, Ryan Lindley. I I would go and watch what's going on absolutely. with free oh. NFL football general admission. Anyways, the reason I ask this is the guys in the back, Pat and Tara, good work. Apparently, they're giving away free general admission tickets on Monday to watch. <laughs> I can't keep a straight face. To watch the Bills and Jets play on Monday. And look, it's free football. That's where I side with this. It's free, man. It's, it's free football. Free. No money involved. Well, I guess I'm anxious to see now, since we're split here, if people in Detroit actually do go to the game. Gives me a little extra incentive to actually maybe you know funny, watch <laughs> a quarter of the Bills and Jets game to see if people take up that free offer. Imagine like the stadium's empty. And they, all, they all side with like Drew and Tara. They have to pay people. It yeah, starts going yeah. like we'll give <laughs> you ten dollars. Yeah, we'll give you money to go to go to the game. That's harsh. That's real harsh. I mean, I guess you could kind of battle that by uh, you split parking with buddies. I can't imagine in Detroit parking's that bad. I mean, no. Detroit's similarly to Ford. Phoenix, more spacious in terms of parking, cheaper than it is, you know, out in you know New York City. And then second to that, I mean, if you tailgate it, you kind of make it your own little fun party. I think you could have a good time with it. Absolutely. But that's just me. All right, that's where we'll conclude our Jets talk with almost half of us saying we wouldn't even go to a Jets game for <laughs> free. That sums up the Jets season. But I'm at the point now where I'm ready to help my fantasy football team out. I said it before, it's terrible. We got Drew Casey here helping me out with a little bit of fantasy football. It's time for some fantasy football talk. Who are the best picks around the NFL? Plus, start them and sit them to help you win your league. I just feel I have no authority on fantasy football because my, my team has been so bad. I mean, I'm second to worst in my friend's league. Every decision I've made, I've started McCoy no matter what. Even <laughs> oh, when I had, like, man. other guys. I'm sorry. Was he the first over- You take him first overall? Second. All the right. guy who took first was Peterson. Oh, God. Oh, well, you didn't, you know. <laughs> oh, boy. I guess I'm happy have a situation I didn't get the first like that, pick, you know. Yeah. No. So, <laughs> I, it's, I just have made terrible decisions. The only good decision was I drafted Tom Brady because yeah. he was good-looking late. And that was a good move. Yeah, it was a good move. The but rationale was poor, but first Are you quarter, referring to his appearance himself? in real life? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> He's a handsome man. First quarterback you took, Chris, or, or second? It was the second. All right, who was the first? Carson Palmer. Uh, oh, oh wow. he's a homer. Okay, God, all right, you that's, can't fine. that's fair, that's fair. 
So but, you can see where the yeah, fantasy football team see. went downhill. I can yeah. see where it went downhill. But Tom Brady's a pretty good backup to have. I wish I would have him as a backup on one of my I teams. wish the Cardinals would have had him as a backup in real life. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Drew Stanton, he might, he might hold out a little bit. But don't pick him up for fantasy. Okay, what do we got Somebody for Somebody you should pick up, though, if he's still available. You should have realized this pretty much during last weekend's action. Uh, Jonas Gray, four touchdowns, 200-plus yards. Or 199, I think, was the, the official number. Um you got to pick him up. Going into the week, 6% of people owned him. 6%. That means if you, 94% of leagues, you could have picked him up. So far, that, that number's jumped already to 75. So you've, you've lost uh, your window probably. I picked him up in both of my leagues. He's starting both of my leagues. Drew, I picked him up as well, but does the LeGarrette Blunt signing concern you at all for his usage? I, I think Jonas Gray is uh, – he might be – He's 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 on the New England Patriots with Tom Brady and the ball is spread out so much right, that okay. even without the Legarrette Blunt signing, mm-hmm. I was concerned. You got to play him after he, this week right. or after the, the numbers he put up last week. Um, even though it is a Detroit and they have a very good front line, a very good defense, give him the chance. Hopefully, he gets a touchdown. And I need to play him in both my leagues to <laughs> really have a shot to uh, to edge my way into the playoff race. But the Legarrette Blunt signing, yes, it concerns me going forward. You know, if, if Gray ha- goes for 30 yards this week, and it's going to be whoever. You. Yeah, you're going <laughs> to play me, number one. And it's all going to be, uh, you know, back to square one with their running right, game. Yeah, you're going to yeah. have Vreen in the mix. You're going to have Gray. And now you're going to have Blunt back in the mix, the mix ex- especially as the Patriots, you know, continue their playoff push and, you know, maybe try and get a bye. Looks like they'll win the AFC East pretty handily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it does concern me a little bit. But if you can still pick them up, pick them up. Here's my, here's my Jonas Gray today. Just an update. I don't know. He was sent home from practice uh, early today. Um, besides the blunt sign, he showed up late to practice, and Belichick didn't allow him to practice. I was just pulling that up. But, I mean, I see where you're coming from. I like the four touchdowns. I'm not going to knock it because I don't have the authority to knock it. But, I mean, that could be another thing. That If you're thinking about it, if you haven't made the pickup yet, it could be something else. Jonas Gray could be a concern, although I don't know. I don't know how much that's going to be a concern that maybe he misses a practice. After the week he had, you think he's going to be at least somewhat of an impact I think four touchdowns would merit. At least some touches this week. But also Brady might want to get some touchdowns for himself this week. Option off plays at the line and uh, decide to just throw the ball. He's got competent people who can catch the ball for him for sure. Gronk. Gronk. Absolutely. When you're in the red zone and you've Gronk. got Gronk, I just don't understand how you don't throw it to him all of the time. All right, what else you got for us? Who else is uh, is somebody maybe I should pick up? Oh, somebody else you should probably pick up. If you need uh, a flex help or tight end help, I did this move this week. Also, I, I needed a tight end, went after Kobe Fleener, oh. Indianapolis. He's had two uh, impressive games as of late, uh, two games with over 10 fantasy points. Those were his last two games, had a bye in between them. Uh, 77 yards and a touchdown, and 144 through the air from Andrew Luck. So he's been, a uh, as of late, and last season he was productive fantasy-wise, but he's a big-time hit-or-miss too as well because Andrew Luck, he can throw the ball to anyone too. Absolutely. I, I agree with you, uh, Drew. I, I've, I have him on my bench. He's been on my bench all year because I have Ron, Rob Gronkowski. But Kobe Fleener is a very productive tight end in this league, and you're right, he has had a hot streak. And uh, that's what I really envisioned when I drafted him. So, you know, I like your, your Kobe Fleener assessment. I completely agree, especially going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars, a team that just loves to give up touchdowns. I have a hard time believing Fleener won't catch at least a touchdown, or even if he doesn't get his hands on a touchdown, at least have a big game yardage-wise. Yeah, for sure. And one other thing that uh relevant to me and probably relevant to a lot of people, 
Giovanni Bernard is probably back this week, the running back for Cincinnati, and that means Jeremy Hill's production, who's been filling in for him quite effectively. He's still going to see the ball, that it, Hill that is, but he's not going to see it as much, and he's not going to be able to score uh, you know, multiple touchdowns, go for uh, over 100 yards like he, like he has in the last, uh, I think it's been three weeks now that Bernard's been out. So something to note there, maybe you've got to move Jeremy Hill or put Giovanni Bernard back in. I'm debating that. One more thing I'm debating, though, that I'm, you know, I'm, I need some help. I need a little help from you guys. All right, we're going to turn that to Christian, but all right, right. what do you got? <laughs> Tom Brady hosting Detroit Sunday at 1, mm-hmm. or Phillip Rivers hosting St. Louis Sunday at 4. I, I give, actually, me, give, give me Tom Brady. Tom Brady? Yeah. That, I think he's the safest mm-hmm. bet, but the Detroit defense is the only thing that worries me. Also, it's going to be pretty pretty cold in New England, I gather, just common sense being the time of the year, especially bearing how cold it is here in New York. I think he's he's had a, he's played in a cold game okay. or two, I think. Yeah, he has. He definitely yeah. has. He's done pretty well. <laughs> the other, My other team, I have a, a same uh, situation with quarterbacks. Matt Stafford, again, at New England. Okay. Or Andy Dalton at Houston. Andy Dalton. Andy I don't think Dalton. I think he's playing well. I don't think he's going to have a two passer rating um, <laughs> like he did on Thursday night a couple weeks ago. And um, Matt Stafford against Revis and Browner. You know, I mean, I get I get that's an attractive matchup with Calvin yeah. Johnson. Stafford's just been struggling right, too much for me lately. Struggling. Last I think, week I think he had yeah. six points for me, and I was like, you were six points, me, really? Yeah, mm-hmm. last week I would have said Stafford all the way, but this week I think they're kind of okay. trending in different right. directions. Yeah. So you'll blame me for the gray if yes. Gray falters. Yes. I'll, I will blame you if, if, Dalton uh, if Andy Dalton yeah. doesn't have a good game yeah, and Matt I mean, Stafford outscores him by 30. The guy's going to pay $100 million. He's got to play well at some point. Yeah, and he's got great hair. Great hair. I love the hair. We're going I with appearance today. Tom Brady, for his looks, we're going yeah. hair there. I agree with both the things that, uh, that Christian said right there. I think the way that the Lions defense, especially going back to the Tom Brady start, mm-hmm. the way that they stop the run gives me a reason to start Tom Brady. He'll probably have to throw the football more. And the fact Drew Stanton in the Cardinals passing game was able to notch a couple touchdowns. I know that we're early in the game. I know the defense tightened up and got two interceptions. But you saw maybe... Some uh, a couple cracks in that defense, at least when the Cardinals were throwing the football last week. I think Tom Brady will be able to muster some stuff when he's throwing the football this week. Yeah, for sure. And some other things. Finally, I think it's time to drop Adrian Peterson. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's finally time. You think so? <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't think there's any possible way. Oh, even man. if there is, it's a shame. He's I still done. have. I yeah, still haven't dropped him. I, or I dropped him, and then when I heard that, oh boy, oh boy, he might have a hearing. I picked him right back up. And, uh, <laughs> You've had Adrian Peterson on your true. team this year. I had him for, time I think, to give up. the last time I was on was the week I dropped him. So that was through nine weeks of the season. And uh, so now I, I waited it out, picked him up pretty much two days after I dropped him because the news came out. And then, of course, all that's happened this week, and it looks like he will not play this season. And going forward, who knows? So get rid of him and also get rid of Bobby Rainey. Uh, he had a hot streak for Tampa Bay, but now he's second, maybe even third on the depth chart. Uh, Charles Sims is the starter in Tampa, and Doug Martin is coming back from injury. So, uh, And you don't want to associate yourself fantasy-wise with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, unless, of course, you have Patrick Murray. As I was going to say, are we going to get Pat some Murray. kicker love here? we got yeah. some kipper, kicker love. Pat Murray, former Fordham Rams, Rams kicker for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I agree with the kicker love in that situation because the Buccaneers' offense, I don't trust it enough to get into the end zone, where I like the fact that Pat Murray, we've seen him hit some 40, even a couple 50-yarders this year so far for Tampa. Of course, Bias because Fordham University's is course. It's close to our it's close to our hearts. He's, he's still a, a NFL kicker and he's making big time kicks over fifty yards, so he he can 
give you five points for a field goal if you're in one of those obscene leagues that gives you five points for one three-point field goal. You know, I heard there's a league that has a head coaching position. I don't know if you guys had heard of this. A league where you pick up a head coach week really? by week, and if you pick, if the head coach wins that week, you get ten points. If the head coach doesn't win that week, you get zero points for the head coach pickup. Hmm. That doesn't. That seems like you're taking fantasy football to just a dumb level. It's like, like GM just level. They were also that same friend I was talking to has a punter. You get punters, <laughs> and you get points by their average, and you also get a point for every time they kick it inside of the twenty yard line. Just I don't know who comes up with this stuff. I really don't. And then my final point on fantasy, Josh Gordon, he's coming back this week. Am I making that up, or is that a real thing? That's, Josh Gordon. That's a real thing. That's a real that's thing. A real so okay. If people held him like they held Adrian Peterson. I was going to say. Right. If not, he might be available. So, you know, take a look at that waiver wire. And uh, the Cleveland Browns are having an ex- a successful season, so look for him to make an immediate impact for sure. I wouldn't pick up any head coaches, though. No. Or punters if you don't have <laughs> yeah. to. No, probably not Get a good decision. And just another reason maybe to pick up Josh Gordon, his teammate Joe Hayden saying that Josh Gordon will drop 250 yards on the Atlanta Falcons this weekend. Oh, It's a lot okay. of fantasy points. That's a lot of fantasy points, especially if he finds the back of the end zone. Uh, Once or twice. Yeah, I mean, you're talking... Uh, 40 points there. Yeah, you're 40, talking pretty big numbers. Points, they could yeah. win you. They could win you uh, your entire week, maybe by himself if you play a really bad opponent. I mean, last week my opponent only scored 50 points. Uh, I'm not going to tell you how many I scored, but I did get the win. Would you score like 51? 54. Oh, wow. yeah. It was it was a real barn burner. Yeah, it wins it a, win. Really a win. A win is a win. A win, and I'll take it. And a I needed it badly. Uh, I had 45 points last week. I think I had yeah, like 122. I think Aaron Rodgers is my quarterback. Uh, so, there yeah. you go. You've you've got it con- under control for yeah. sure. Then too many buys. You gotta gotta watch it with the buys when you draft. I never do, and it comes back to bite me at this time of the year. So Just gotta watch out for it. All right, we got the fantasy advice. We got you know your punter and head coach. We didn't really help you out there. If you have that in your league, although I advise that you shouldn't have a punter and head coach <laughs> in your league. It's the part of the program that we've been looking forward to, Me, we being Christian and I, because we differ here when looking at the list of picks we have coming up. I guess I just spoiled it. We're on to our picks. We're excited about our picks, and we're excited about the first game coming up on our pick list. Let's look into the crystal ball for some weekly NFL predictions. Whoa, that bu- the bumpers are getting me really fired up here. All right, first up on the agenda, Dallas at the New York Giants. We prefaced it a little bit. Christian, are you going to go with a ridiculous upset here? Are you going to—I st- mean, maybe not ridiculous because Giants are at home, a division matchup. But are you going to go with the upset here? No, Dallas Cowboys. And you're a Giants fan? Yes. All right, I'm a- completely agreeing with you. I guess the first one we're on fat. The Dallas Cowboys are absolutely, barring a miracle, going to win this game. America's team gets it done. That's three for the Dallas Cowboys on inside here. All right. So what do we got? What do we got next? We got the Jets at Buffalo. Oh, wait, we got a. Oh, we throw it back. Oh, we throw it back to you guys. They get in the back. They want to get in. Tara, what do you got? Dallas Giants. I think I'm going to be all alone here, but I actually am going to go with the Giants. Eli's wow. 16 and 7 in his career following games, which he's thrown three or more interceptions. And I just, I think in the cold weather, Sunday night, MetLife, I think they might be able to get it done. Okay, that's ridiculous, but bad. <laughs> yeah, Tara's all alone. Give me Dallas. I'm not overthinking this one. All right, sounds good. Let's move it forward. Let's talk about the Jets and the Bills. Another exciting, sexy matchup this week. <laughs> Christian, I'll let you go first. Yeah. What do you got? I got uh, I got the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills in Detroit. I got the Bills. 
I'm going Jets, okay. and the reason I'm going Jets, they're riding off of the bye week. Oh, they beat no. the Pittsburgh Steelers, oh, no. and Buffalo has missed a couple days of practice because of all the snow in Buffalo. I think that's going to hurt the preparation. I think the Jets are going to squeak out a victory here. I mean, I wouldn't even go to the game if it was free, so <laughs> you pretty much know who yeah. I'm picking. I'm going with the Buffalo Bills, and might I add, I'm going with the Buffalo Bills. I didn't mention this when I made my first pick, but the updated pick standings. Somebody with the initials DC is at the top. Oh, I wonder who that could be. I really could be. We gotta look. We gotta look at these. So Bills, it's Bills. I'm going with the Bills. All right, (laughs) and like tooting your own home there, Pat. What about you? What do we got in this one? Uh, I'm going with the Bills as well. That bye week, I don't think came at a very good time for the Jets after their big win over Pittsburgh. (laughs) I'll take Buffalo. So last time these two teams played, I picked the Jets, which I normally never do. Of course, they lost horribly. But now I'm actually going with the Jets again. I just feel the Bills coming off of that tough loss to Miami, they really need to be home. And now they don't even know if they're going to have their full team in Detroit because they don't know if players can get there. I just think after the Pittsburgh win, even with the bye week, I like the Jets. All right. I mean, Terry, I guess we're on the same page, although I, I can't believe that you picked both New York football teams wow. to win this wow. week. Gutsy. Bold. Gutsy from Terry. I don't have the standings in front of me, but I imagine Terry is doing very well in the pick standings. All right, let's keep it going. Detroit at New England. This is a tricky one. I have to imagine we're going to be divided. Christian, what do you got? I like New England. Tom Brady doesn't lose at home in November. Give me the New England Patriots. My favorite to win the Super Bowl. I want to disagree with you just for the sake of disagreeing. I don't. New England's at home. They've looked so, so stinking good. Detroit showed some ineptitude on offense last week. I'm going with New England. Same here. Patriots stay undefeated at home. Pat, this one's close to you. New England resident grew up rooting for the Patriots. What do we got? I'm going with New England at home. I think they keep the hot streak going, but watch out next week when they go to Green Bay. That could be the one that we Ooh, that's a great game. I mean, Chris, you said it before, and you're right. Tom Brady is a very good-looking man, but he also he knows how to play football, and I just you cannot bet against the Patriots, especially at home. And the Lions offense has not looked well lately. Patriots got this. Can you really ask for more? Tom Brady, good-looking wow. man and good at football. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's winning. A he's man's winning. <laughs> yeah, and he's that winning. That he is. All right, next one. This one's close to my heart. Arizona at Seattle. Christian, make the right choice here. I'm struggling with this one. I really How are am. you? St- I am very. I'll I'm, let you go. I'm on the fence. Seattle's record is 6-5. Six 6-4. and, five. Six and four. They need a win at home, Seattle. Arizona. They did it last year with a team that I didn't think as good as this year. Seattle can't throw the football. The Cardinals have a fantastic secondary. And they load up the box because they have the ability to play man with Patrick Peterson and Cromartie on the outside of that secondary. So I think Beast Mode is going nowhere. I think the Cardinals are going to win this one. I'm also from Arizona, so take it with a grain of salt. Drew, what do you got? I got Seattle. Drew Stanton looks like a confident backup, but going into Seattle, regardless of who you are, a tough place to win. I think Seattle gets it done. Go Seahawks. Okay, Pat, what do you got? Arizona's going to get a bye. To me, that they're going to win the division, but this week I've got Seattle at home in a must-win game. Uh, I just I got to go with Seattle. Come on, Tara. Yeah, Chris, you're going to be you're off on an island on this one. I got to go Seattle, too. The thing about that, they beat a very good Lions team, but after the first 10 minutes in that game, the offense did absolutely nothing. And going up to play in Seattle, still one of the hardest places to play in the league. And I think the Seahawks got this. So you say the offense did absolutely nothing. I say the offense did enough to win the football game. It's all about perspective. All about perspective. I'm all alone, but I do think the Cardinals are going to win that one. 
unbiased, of course. Next one, Miami at Denver. Ooh, this is a good one. This Christian, good what do one. you got? I think, you know, Miami's defense is a little underrated. But give me Peyton Manning at home. Denver Broncos over the Miami Dolphins. I want the Dolphins. Okay, I think the Dolphins will win this football game because their defense is really? very, very good. Oh. And I know it's on the road, which is kind of be the kicker in that situation. But I think the Dolphins' defense is really going to frustrate the Broncos. And I think Tannehill, he's showing himself this year. It isn't a fluke. It isn't one game bad, one game good. Tannehill's been consistently good the past few weeks. I'm liking the, the Miami Dolphins winning this one. I mean, the Denver Broncos just completely threw me for a loop last week. Or you lose to the St. Louis Rams? How does that happen? It just makes no sense to me. But I think they rebound, and I think they get it done at home. Broncos. Pat, what do we got? What do we got from you on this one? I like Denver too. I just can't see them losing two straight and dropping to to being a four-loss team at this point. Yeah, I really I agree with you, Chris. That I really like this Miami team, but because the game's in Denver, I'm going Broncos. Might have. Might have went with the Dolphins in Miami, but um, I can't pick against the Broncos in Denver. Am I alone here? Am I the only one that picked the Dolphins? Yeah. Come on, guys. I picked Miami. I picked the Cardinals. I get no love from the rest of the crew. All right, now we're at the point of upsets. Christian, I saw it on your page, but I'll let you tell us what your upset pick is this week. Even though they have a better record, the Ravens are on the road facing the Saints. The Saints are a three-point favorite at home. I like the Ravens over the Saints. That will drop New Orleans to 4-7 and seven on the season. And they could still conceivably be in first place in the NFC South at 4-7. Which is Baltimore un- over believable. New Orleans. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Ridiculous. All right, my upset, I'm going to go Tennessee versus the Eagles. I don't have the spread on me, but the reason I picked this, and I know I see my Jets counterpart, Drew Casey, kind of shaking his head. I think he had the same thing. I don't trust Mark Sanchez. They just got rocked against Green Bay, which is a good team. But I think the Titans, if, if there's going to be a big upset this week, I think the Titans could be the guys to maybe pull off a big upset against the Eagles. said it well, Chris. I've got the Titans over the Eagles. Also, I've been a fan of the Tennessee Titans or of some certain players since the days of Javon Curse and Eddie George. So go Titans. Wow, throwback. Pat, what do we got you back there? I'm going to go Tampa Bay over Chicago. I think the Bucks ride the momentum they got from a big win last week against Washington. I'll take Tampa. Bold I like that. Bold. I like yeah. that pick. Yeah, well, Drew, you brought up the Rams beating the Broncos, and I think the Rams are going to beat the Chargers this weekend. Chargers are four-and-a-half-point favorites, I believe, and just the Rams have had some quality wins this season, and I think this is a Chargers team that has struggled, and I think it's a good combination for St. Louis to get that win. I agree with you, Tara, especially the Rams are very, very good defense. I think they can muster that offense, and like you're saying, I think they could possibly limit this Phillip Rivers offense in San Diego. I'm frustrated, guys. How could none of you guys, none of you guys, picking the Arizona Cardinals? Not feeling any love over here, Chris. Nine and one. You know how many other teams in the league have nine wins right now? You don't get a trophy for going nine and one, man. <laughs> That's a very good point. All right, I think it's about that time where we got to start bringing things down to an end. Drew, any love for the Cardinals before you go? Any love for Drew Stanton? He's got a great name. <laughs> That's what I get. I get he's got a great name. <laughs> great name. The Cardinals are. They'll get to the playoffs, but after that, it's going to be interesting. I think they, uh, I think they, they don't get a bye, but they get out of the first round, and then they lose uh, before the conference championship. So I, I think that would be a, a positive season for the Cardinals. Arizona's hosting the Super Bowl. I knew you were oh. going there. I knew you were going. They're going to win the Super Bowl. It's never been done. That's my rallying cry. I guess I'll I'll end <laughs> the hoorah 
right there. And I, I'm going to censor this part. Yeah. Okay, I'll stop it there. I was going to keep going on with the Arizona love. Just I think we've had enough out, Arizona love for one NFL Friday, maybe for a whole season of NFL Friday, just with me hosting this one. About that time to start wrapping things up for myself, Chris Venezia, Christian O'Hara, my sidekick, my first mate. Really, a great a brother. We're broadcasting brothers at this point. It's been Fun a pleasure, show with my you, friend. Drew Casey, helping me out with my fantasy picks, and of course Pat Burns and Terrace Lejeski steering the ship, ship, ship in the right direction. Great show. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to join us next week with another episode of NFL Friday, and probably a little less love for the Arizona Cardinals. This has been One on One's NFL Friday. Only on WFUVsports.org. Join us next week as we take you around the NFL. We'll see you then.